Well, good morning. How you doing? You're doing well. Why don't you grab a seat? Uh, my name's Peter. I'm one of the uh, leaders of the church here. It's great to have you. First thing I'd love for you to do, and this is a way for us to serve each other, can you just make sure that you squish up to the center of a row and don't leave any seats spare so that uh, people who are coming in up the back can find a seat easily? You can do that now. Just, just check your rows there. Of course, if you really want to serve people, you can come and sit in the front row. Yeah, some people are, some people don't. Well, welcome to the Project's birthday celebration. It is going to be different. It's going to be a little bit more uh, modular. You can think of today as the IKEA version of the project. A bunch of people are going to be sharing. You'll have the opportunity to participate. So if you're wondering what the envelopes are and the pens and everything, you'll find out in a bit. When you think about a birthday, you think about a lot of things, right? And sometimes there's a bunch of things you don't want to think about, like getting old. But I think it's good for us as a church to stop for a minute and think about some of the things that you'd commonly think about on your birthday. Uh, you know, one of the things that you think about on a birthday is uh, the past, don't you? You reflect on the past, maybe past birthdays. This uh, is the project on the 24th of July, 2011. <laughs> We've grown, right? about four, four rows or so, five rows maybe, tops. Just down the front here. You'll probably recognise some backs, maybe some heads. Diff tells me you can recognise his dad's jumper. He's wearing the same jumper today that he was <laughs> six years ago, apparently. That's what you do on birthdays, right? You reflect on maybe the past year, the experiences that are painful in the past, the, maybe the past victories, the accomplishments. You know, in a sense, you you have a birthday cake like we've got out the front here and you have candles on a birthday cake that almost tell you a little bit about the backstory, don't they? You know, if you turn 10, there's 10 candles on there because you had 10 years uh, leading up to that. They tell you about um, the history, the number of years that came before it. Uh, they tell you that it's good that you made it that far. <laughs> Amen? That's, that's kind of the birthday thing because life's not a sure thing, is it? Or maybe on your birthday or maybe on a birthday, you'd reflect on the present. You know, what happens on a birthday often is loved ones come and they give you presents in the present. And those presents in the present tell you something. I mean, it's, birthdays can be really difficult sometimes. But, but when it operates well, and, and our kind of ideal idea of a birthday is that we reflect on, on the relationships that we have with people, the love being shared uh, between people. I remember a mate of mine... Um, said that he and his daughter were so, just they, they, they'd kind of flip from one thing to the next and um, birthdays had come and it'd be gone and they wouldn't even really notice that they'd had it. So in their family, they decided instead of having a birthday, they're going to have a birthday week. And so the celebrations would last for a whole week. Um, to be in the present and enjoy the moment of a birthday is really important. Look at where I've come to. Or maybe on your birthday, you think about the future. You think about the fact that there's a finite number of these things <laughs> and uh, you don't know how many of those you're going to get. Uh, time to get cracking. Time to make something happen. Uh, how far am I toward where I feel God's calling me to be? What are my goals for the future? What good things can I do with the time that I've got left? But I want to suggest to you this morning that one of the best things you can do on a birthday is to give thanks. You see, birthdays can be hard, right? I remember one of my birthdays was on the day of my high school certificate maths exam. Yeah, what a present, all right? 
It wasn't a particularly enjoyable reality to have to do a high school certificate maths exam on my birthday. And other people have reasons why birthdays are hard. But when we think about it, birthdays, we can, we can have a birthday and we can think about what we don't have, but it's good for us when we have a birthday to think about what we do have. What has happened? It's a, it's a good time to look at that. It's a time to enjoy what we do have and to be thankful for that. And that's what we're going to do today. Is everyone up for that? So it's been thankful and, and enjoy what we do have. And so this morning's actually going to be set up into past, present and future. All right? Because Thanksgiving has something to do with every single one of those, the past, the present and the future. Uh, we're going to have three modules. Uh, in each module, some people are going to come up and give thanks uh, from each of the perspectives of the past, the present and the future. And after they speak, I'm going to speak for about 10 minutes about what God says about being thankful and how we can be thankful um, in each of those categories. So I trust it's going to be really helpful. We haven't scripted anything. I haven't got a clue what these people are going to say. This could get messy, but I don't think it will. Um, and people who are really willing to get up and talk about how good God has been to them through the project. So that's enough from me in terms of the setup for this morning. You're all, you're all on board? You're good to go? Excellent. All right, I might just uh, invite Matt up. He's going to tee things up and invite the first few people up to, uh, to share. Well, so just uh, invite you to, to uh, work with your kids to uh, engage them with the celebrations in here for a, a couple more moments. If uh, Diff and Caleb and Joy want to come and sit up the front, we're going to hear from them. These guys uh, were from uh, the early days. These guys were a part of the, the project when it started. Um, so we w- we'd love to, we're just going to hear some reflections from them on the past, the, the past of the church and, and uh, what it's been like being involved in that. So Diff, you can kick us off. Hello everyone. I'm the voice of the past. I love that when Sonny was like, you want to talk about the past? I'm like, yeah, if there's no one better to talk about the past than me, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I was there. I, I took that photo actually on the first day. Um, and it's easy to identify some people. My dad's always easy to identify from the back there. He's the, uh, the bald head there sitting there, so that's really good. Um, six years ago, I wasn't married. I was 24. I uh, didn't have any kids, obviously, uh, and throughout the last six years, I've gotten married, we've got three daughters, uh, and the whole time, one of the most consistent things has been the church, uh, and there's so many things for me to, uh, to be thankful for about this place, but primarily, really, it's just the people. I mean, that's, that's what a church is, uh, and when we said you know, when Sondi and Gilly and I kind of, well, mainly Sondi and then Gilly and I kind of came on board, decided to do this thing, I was 24, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, and I gave, it, I gave it a year and then two years and then I think five years later I decided that uh, it wasn't time for me to be an elder anymore. But that, during that five years, that did something very special for me. So the thing that I'm thankful for is what being involved in the church has done for me. Um, it's helped me to realise that you know, young men do well when they've got work to do and when that work is God's work. And it made a huge impact on me. Uh, being, going through, uh, some of you would know the story that Caitlin, my wife, and I had in our first year of marriage. We lost four children uh, in the first year of our marriage. And that was, that was a brutal year, a brutal way to start a marriage. But the consistency of 
community, the people in this church, uh, made such a huge difference to us going through that. I think that that's, that's what the community of God is supposed to be. That's what the family of God is supposed to be. Probably the biggest thing that I appreciate the most and the thing that I'm excited about the future about is the reason that I was involved, that I got involved, which is working with young people. I'm a high school teacher and, and I'm not a high school teacher just because uh, because I'm good at it or because it gets me money. I'm a high school teacher because I love young people a lot and I love hanging out with them. So the first thing we did was we started a community group that's run out of our house for the first five years of the church and this year we've started doing that community group uh, running out of the church now because of the size of it. Uh, but it's been such a privilege uh, to see young people, you know, some of them are in year nine, year eight when I started, grow up and, uh, and mature and be a part of a church that helps them to do that well in a difficult culture. And then obviously, you know, to move on. And, and I see this as like a launching pad for them to go off and do stuff, to move all over Australia, to move over the world and to do great things. And also my biggest privilege is to see them get married, which I absolutely love. And so many of the people that were in our community group, that started in our community group together, are actually now married, which is an amazing joy to be able to go to the weddings of people that you're seeing grow up like that. And, and I'm really excited for the future, for the way that um, we've got a great new crop of young people coming through. And so the thing that uh, the thing that the past represents for me is actually the present and the future. It's all kind of tied up together because the past of this church are the people that we help to grow through it. And, uh, and it's such an amazing privilege and I'm so thankful for the way that God uses us, uses a community to grow young people uh, who can go out and can have real impacts and, and can get married and have loving families together. Awesome. Thanks, Diff. Well, you're welcome to join us tonight if you're in high school. We, uh, we run a uh, youth service here from 5pm and, and Diff's a part of that. There's a couple of uh, Diff's actually just back here. Uh, the Wallaces, you guys were involved early days with Diff's community group and they're married now and we celebrate that. Caleb, why don't you come up and uh, share as well from the past. Okay, so I'll just kick start straight into it. So I'm thankful to God for this church and all the people in it. They made me realise I can't do everything by myself and I need God with me every step of the way. And God has taught me to be kind, to be grateful for what I have and do. God has taught me to realise that I need to be kind to other people without expecting anything in return from me being kind to other people. Thank and last of all, thanks Mr Burning for helping me to learn all this stuff. Amen. Thanks Caleb. Thanks brother. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> Glad I wrote mine out too. Um, I'm just going to read it out because otherwise I'll waffle on. But I moved to Toowoomba to work for ESFS full-time in 2011 and began looking for a church family. I went to a couple of different churches but kept hearing about this new church in Highfields called The Project. So one Sunday I ventured out here to see what the hype was all about. There weren't very many people. I reckon it would have been a couple of weeks after that. I didn't even realise it was, it was so new when I came. Um, Nathan was leading worship alone with his guitar. It was really refreshing because it was, wasn't polished, a big polished entertainment show. I could tell that the focus was Jesus and knowing him deeper. I soon joined a home group where I made close friends who still speak into my life today and hopefully I theirs. 
I remember the gist of the first sermons were challenging the way we were constantly worshipping someone or something. If God wasn't our focus, then something else was. Um, I was just reflecting on that verse in Romans 1.25. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. These truths have been with me and challenged me when I started worshipping other things my eyes turn away from Jesus and I lose perspective which causes distress and disillusionment. A few years ago I went to Redemption Group. I was privileged to meet Sue Patterson who has been a massive influence in my life and support ever since. During Redemption Group my eyes were open to the amazing mercy and redemption of God which sounds cliche but I realised that I had very little grace for people and their pasts. God is so incredible. He seems to pick the most broken and use their stories the most powerfully. I'm probably, I'd probably have a few more pr- different prerequisites for the job. Ultimately, I think God began to show me a glimpse of his heart and my prayer is that he continues to, to allow me to see people through his eyes and give me more compassion for people. Um, One of the most precious aspects of the project for me has been the community and support it has provided. The people here have been my family away from home, especially through the seasons of losing my job in 2015 and then transitioning back into teaching last year. So many tears have been soaked up by dear friends here. Without their prayer and support, I'm not sure where I would be today. I'm so thankful for the project and I'm looking forward to seeing where God takes us and where he continues to plant us. My hope and prayer is that we continue to reach the loss and see people come to Jesus. It has been so encouraging so far to see people being changed and growing in their relationship with Jesus. Amen. Awesome to hear the, uh, the heartbeat of the church coming, coming out in testimony, those, uh, the, those sort of core themes of, of worship. Uh, I might just pray now and then we'll uh, invite Pete up uh, to, uh, to share your message. Heavenly Father, we, um, we just thank you for your work. As we look back, as we reflect on, on the past, on six years of, uh, of a, um, a church plant, really a, a small church community in Highfields, um, we just we want to give thanks. Uh, we want to give thanks for, for your work. And we just thank you. It's your, it's your proclamation, I'll build my church. And as we, as we look around at um, uh, the brothers and sisters of the church today, we, yeah, you've been building it and you've been busy. And we just give thanks for that. And we ask now that uh, as, as Pete comes, that you'd open our hearts to receive your word. Amen. Just, uh, just want to take a few moments. Let's, uh, let's just think and contemplate a little bit about uh, the past and, and Thanksgiving. Um, I've heard many people say lots of things about the discipline of Thanksgiving, right? You've got to be giving thanks. And I think they're right. We need to give thanks. I mean, the scriptures are clear about the fact that we should give thanks in all circumstances all the time, which covers everything, right? Ephesians 5 verse 20 says, give thanks always for everything. That's what it says. So the question at that point is, you just go, well, how do you do that? Do we need to pray all the time? Well, no, not, not necessarily. You see, I think that the amount that you give thanks is connected to how much you think you deserve. It's connected to how much you think you're owed. You see, if you live your life thinking that the world owes you something, or the government does, or the pastor does, or the church member does, or your family does, or even God does, you probably won't give thanks in all things at all times. Amen? 
See, feeling like you're owed something and you deserve something makes it difficult. The more you think about that, the more you think about uh, what you're owed, the less you give thanks and the more you'll grumble. I wonder if I asked you how much you grumble, I wonder how much you grumble about things. And then just take it the next step. I wonder how much people around you would say that you grumble. Would they say that you grumble more than you would say that you grumble? And I want to ask this question this morning. Does God owe you anything? Stop and think for a moment about it. Does he actually owe you anything? Now just reflect on that for a minute. Why, just think for a minute, why would someone actually owe you something? Well, someone might owe you something because they've got something of yours, they've taken it, they've borrowed something of yours. There's some part of you or your possessions that they own and either they need to give it back or give you something for it. That's kind of part of the idea of owing someone something. Maybe they've offended you. Maybe they've taken some non-physical thing from you in terms of where you're up to internally and they owe you an apology. And there's a right thing to do with respect to them and you haven't done it, so you need to make amends. Let me track back. Does God owe you anything? No, he doesn't. Kids are on it, right? Isn't that it? It doesn't owe you anything. Listen to this. Psalm 24, verse 2. 1 to 2. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. What belongs to God? You can answer this. What belongs to God? Yeah. Everything he's made belongs to God. All right? Why does everything that's been made belong to God? What, is, what does that psalm say? The reason is why everything that's been made by God belongs to him. Because he made it. Is everyone with me? He made it. It belongs to him. That's how it works. Now, some people might go, oh, I don't know about this being you know, made by God bit, right? But let's just stop for a minute. Like, you think about the incredible detail and the intricacy of the discoveries of science, DNA, the human genome... I mean, let's be honest, it takes way more faith to believe that some random process created this stuff than it does to believe that a God, an intelligent God, actually did it. Anyone with me on that? Like, that just makes more sense. I mean, atheists have changed their minds because of that. I was talking to someone last night, I think it was, about looking up at the stars at night time. Do you imagine looking up at the stars 2,000 years ago? Without the discoveries of science, without the knowledge of galaxies and black holes and, and the Milky Way. Are you with me? When the more science happens, the more complex things get. It doesn't get simpler. We're not moving toward this whole thing being a lump of plasticine, are we? It gets more and more complex. God actually made it and by default, because he made it and he made it from nothing, it's his. Now, if you were self-sustaining and you could make something from nothing, it would be yours too but you're not self-sustaining and you don't belong to yourself and you're not self-existent, you actually have been created and you belong to the person who made you. We were created in his image for his glory and we owe him. We owe him. Do you get that? He doesn't owe us. We owe him. But it gets a bit messier than that. We, we realise that as we look back to humanity, we look back through the story of human history, that humanity turned their back on God. So we don't want to do it your way. We don't want to be dependent upon you. We don't want to do your story anymore. We just want to do our own thing. And you know what happened at that point? Humanity didn't give the worship and the honour and the respect that was due to God that his creatures ought to give him. And they got more in debt. 
They owed God more. So it's like even before things got messed up, we owed God and now we've done stuff that's just made it worse. We owe him even more because we turned on him. Sin led to a debt with God that could not be repaid. But this is not the end of how much we owe God, right? We could never pay back what we owe God. If you think about the way it should have been in the very beginning and the fact that we've turned away from him and said, we don't want to do it your way, we want to do it our way, we want to be in the centre of stuff, that sets up a debt. You can never pay that off. People, people think so often, it's like, oh, just do some good deeds. You just go, well, that doesn't pay off your debt. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing good things. It doesn't get your branding points to do good things. You've got a debt that you can't repay. Well, you've got an even bigger debt than that. You know why? Because in Jesus Christ... God put on human flesh and walked on this planet and kicked dust around in human skin and died the death of a guilty person even though he was innocent on the cross to save you. And if you love him and you're one of his kids and you receive his kindness and his goodness to forgive you for what you've done wrong, do you know what happens at that moment? You just get into more debt. <laughs> you owe him more. And now you owe him a debt even more that you can't repay. You'll never ever be able to repay it. So we start with creational dependence, sinful bankruptcy, and then God himself paying our debt. So when anything good happens to you, anything, anything at all, it's all God's grace toward you. If you've got shoes on, that's God's grace to you because you don't deserve shoes. You owe him. If you're sitting in a room here and protected from the sun, and feeling warm and you've got a jumper on, man, we could talk for the next 10 minutes about the grace just of that. Isn't that true? He doesn't know us something. He doesn't know your shoes. He doesn't know you're a jumper. He doesn't know you're a roof. He owes you trouble. He owes you discipline and justice for turning your back on him. Well, what happens? Well, Romans 1.21 says this to us, for although they knew God, they did not honour him as God, or give thanks to him. See, thanks is not just a discipline. Thanks is an attitude of the heart that says, everything that I get from you, I don't deserve. Let me throw this one to you in closing this little module. Humble people can't stop giving thanks. Proud people find it really hard and they tend to grumble. So if you're proud, you grumble. If you're humble, you give thanks. Have you ever met someone like that where you go up to them and they just can't stop giving thanks for stuff? I remember an old guy, he was in his 90s, I used to preach out at Alra Presbyterian Church. The thing was packed full, soaking wet, it'd probably hold about 30 people. And he'd sit in the front row and he'd have this young preacher come out who didn't really have much of a clue about what he was doing and saying. He was just kind of cutting his teeth on this whole thing about preaching. And at the end of every church service, he was hunched over because he used to ride his push bike from Warwick to Toowoomba all the time as a young guy. He would come out and he would just shake my hand. He had that festy kind of hair on his face because he couldn't shave himself properly. Uh, he came out and you know all he kept saying to me every time I went out and preached, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that was almost the, the extent of our conversation. And that was what he would say pretty much every time when I went out there. He'd come out the back, the preacher would be standing there, this young guy, he didn't have much of a clue of what he was doing. And this beautiful 90-something-year-old man who didn't even know how old he was and no one had his birth certificate would come out and shake hands with this young guy and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
You see, that, that's the expression of a humble heart, right? You see, if you have a problem with thanksgiving, then you probably have a heart problem. That you're owed something, that you're in the centre of, of your world, or that you don't see God in the centre of everything that's going on in the world. Let me finish this little section on a really positive note. How stunning is this scripture? Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. Listen to this, folks. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see that? Like day by day, not only are you indebted to God because of sin and messing things up, you're indebted to him because of what Christ did for you on the cross, but you're indebted to him because he continually keeps pouring grace out toward you. Do you know what the gig is? The gig is to get more in debt. That's how the whole thing's set up. God set up the whole thing that you would actually get more in debt to him by his kindness toward you that you don't deserve. So today, I want to really encourage you just at the end of this first little section here to, to engage with the discipline of thanksgiving. So on the back of the chairs or sitting on top of the chairs, you've got an envelope with a card in it. And today, there's going to be three opportunities for you. Now, today's not a G up about the project. It's a G up about what God has done through the project. So there's some pens on the seats. You're welcome to use your own. Uh, when you're done at the end, if you don't have any pens at home, take that as a blessing from the church to you. But if you do, just leave it on the seat. We'll collect it up. Here's what I'd love for you to do. I just need you to listen here. Don't, uh, and this is for the kids too, don't, don't feel like you have to do something right now. If there's something stirring up in your heart and you just go, yeah, there's something I'd really like to be thankful to God for, for what he's done uh, through the project, um, just put it down, all right? And here's what I want you to do. At the end of each section, I'm going to invite you to do that. And then we're going to sing the next song. And at the beginning of the next song is an opportunity for you to stick that in the envelope. There's a basket out the front here in front of the lectern and for you to just come out and whack it in the basket. And we'd love you then if you can. And this is, could be a mess, right? But I'm trusting that everyone's going to spread out over the three opportunities here. We've got a birthday cake over there, right? And I'd love you to go over to the birthday cake and grab a candle out of the, uh, the cup bowl kind of thing there and stick it in the cake as a representation of your part in what God's been up to in the church. Is that cool? And so we should end up with like a hundred and something candles on that cake. And some of you are going, we're going to light that? And the answer is no. <laughs> we're just going to light the middle one because there's smoke alarms, right? And that, that could get really messy. Um, and we actually would like to eat that cake at the end of the day. So uh, is that cool? Is everyone, everyone with me on that? So just a sentence or two. You can put your name down if you want. We're not asking you to put your name down. Why don't you um, just take 30 seconds. If that's you now, just maybe jot something down there. It, it's a message ultimately to God. To say, God, I'm really thankful for this, this thing that you've, uh, that you've done in me, that, you, that you've done through the project. Thank you for your, your good work. If you've got nothing at the moment, don't feel like you've got to write anything down. You'll have another couple of opportunities. But let's start today from the point of view that we are owed nothing and we are treated way beyond what we deserve. And then Thanksgiving ought to just flow out of us. All good? I'll give you 30 seconds. I'm going to head up the back. Then we're going to sing a song. And while the first verse or so is playing of the song, if you're ready to go, feel free to come and drop it in the basket. Stick a candle on the cake. Uh, and then go back to your seat and finish singing the rest of the song. All good? Is that clear enough? Clear as mud? 
All right. Amen. Well, at, at this stage in the service, you can continue coming and uh, putting your candle on the cake or writing a card. Uh, we just want to uh, release uh, the, the kids in creche. So if you've got a, a child under three, uh, we've got a creche program just uh, to the right. Uh, if you go out to the right and down the stairs, keep walking till you find the stairs in the foyer there, there's uh, a program for creche. So we'll release them and the kids will stay with us just for a little bit longer. So if you've, uh, if you've got uh, primary school kids, you can uh, again engage them with uh, what's going on here. If they want to write a card of Thanksgiving or, or put a candle on the cake. We invite you to do so. So we're just going to take a, 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 just a, a minute or two break. Um, while we uh, take the kids for creche out, we just invite the rest of the church um, just to meet someone new, to, to connect uh, together, um, introduce yourself. Uh, if they're new, there's only one welcome pack left. So first in best rest, uh, the rest of them will have to wait till next week. So we'll just take a break for two minutes and then we'll continue. All right, that'll, uh, that'll do for now. Well, we're going to continue the, uh, continue the service by hearing from a couple more church uh, members. Uh, at this stage, we're, we're looking at uh, uh, the present, so looking at uh, where we're at right now. So we're going to invite uh, two people who have been around sort of from the, uh, the last little while. So they, they weren't here from the start, but they're here uh, for the last little while. So if, if uh, Tegan and Eddie want to come up and, and sit up the front, um, we're going to hear from them about um, what God's up to uh, in the present of the church. My husband and I uh, started attending the project three years ago, almost to the day. Uh, we were newly married and we were both on a pursuit of truth. I work here at the high school and I had heard about the project through the people that I worked with and through the people that I was friends with. And some of the concepts that they were discussing were exceptionally challenging and exceptionally new and I couldn't help but want to know more of that and that has continued with both my husband and I over the past three years. We had a fairly hefty start in the project so we started out by embracing the opportunity that was redemption groups as it was called at the time and both of us did that at the exact same time. Uh, I'm going to use my notes at this point so that I don't break up already. Redemption groups were an amazing opportunity through which I could then see my life in light of a larger biblical narrative. And seeing God as an everlasting redeemer, a redeemer was new for me, rather than someone who was far away, rather distant and uninvolved in my life. In the three years that have passed from then, he has continued to reveal to me the beauty that can be found in community. And I'm thankful for that opportunity that the project has provided. That God's beauty can be, it can be found in others. It might be hidden, but it's always there. Awesome. I feel like I'm at work. It's being part of the project has challenged my worldview. The restoration of humanity is the work of a tender God. The concept of already saved but not quite there yet at different times has helped me make my stumbling way to Jesus in the company of good mentors and church family. I am incredibly thankful for his word 
It is a wellspring of wisdom, of peace, and of hope. I constantly, I'm sad to say this, but I am constantly undervaluing the scriptures, but never fail to be amazed at their ability to discern, to rebuke, and to soften my heart, and to speak alluringly of God as worthy of my and of our highest praise. Amen. Thank you. Sorry guys, I'm going to have to read my notes because I know the Lord blindsides me from time to time and anything can come out of my mouth. <laughs> right, um, mine's a bit of a past, present, future kind of thing, um, so I'll just go back down to our past. Brittany and I are both Namibian by birth and schooled in South Africa and spent some time in New Zealand and this is another fourth country that we call home. We brought a little Kiwi and a little Aussie into this world, so the Tri-Nations at our place is quite interesting from time to time. <laughs> But within each one of these four countries, we've relocated a number of times, and very high on our list of priority each time is the need to find a good church when we relocate, because <clears throat> these things, unfortunately, don't just drop from trees. So each time we look for a church where the Holy Spirit is present, where the Word of God is spoken without bias, without alteration, with no hidden agendas. I normally gauge a church based upon the ease with which my spirit feels that connection after the first visit. If my spirit feels at ease with the content of the service, I'll return them to church the next Sunday. Otherwise, I'll just bid them adieu and I'll find another church. Now, Brittany started working at TCC in 2012, just after we arrived in the region, and she'd heard of the project. She worked with some of the key players and saw that their hearts were truly in it. So with this usual soft, gentle prodding that she applies to me, she suggested we go, and uh, so naturally off we went. I don't remember the content of the message at all. I can't remember. I can't remember what songs we sang. I cannot remember the faces that we met on the day. I can't remember anything about that day. But what I do remember is that my spirit was at ease with what I saw and what I heard. That basically clinched the deal for me. I knew that God had led us to a new home where my angel, my babies, and I would be able to spend some valuable time with him. So over the last five years, I've watched it grow into something truly special. I've watched the effort, the attention, and the care that goes into the dissemination of the Word of God as it was meant to be. Guiding people to develop personal relationships with Jesus. Raising people up to new heights and reaching out to those in need across the world. Personally, what am I grateful for? I'm, up, I'm grateful just for the simple opportunity to be able to hear the Word as it is written. Better appreciate my Father because I'm hearing it as it was meant to be. The opportunity to get, nurture good relationships with people who are passionate for God. Through the Project Kids, I'm watching my little ones grow into strong kiddies with a heart for Jesus. And of course, I'm always grateful for the blessings of my wife and my little ones. I'm blessed beyond measure. My only hope is that the Lord for me, <clears throat> or my only hope from the Lord, is that I can be the person that God designed me to be. The husband that Brindy deserves and the father that Gabby and Ari deserve. More recently, I went through the redemption group as well. And that truly blew me away. <clears throat> it was something quite significant. It reinforced the fact that the Lord was always with me, irrespective of what I had done, what I was doing at the time, or what lay ahead for me. It fortified the fact that He is, He always has been, and He always will be my strength, my shield, my refuge, my comforter, my protector, my salvation. I look forward to the next 40 years growing my appreciation with God here at the church, and I look forward to the day that He calls me home. Amen. Here's to 40 more years. That is awesome. All right, we're gonna let me let me pray again, and then Pete's gonna share the next uh, segment with us. So, 
Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are active in the present, that today uh, and the week that's just gone, you've been at work. Um, would you open our eyes uh, to, to be reminded of that even today, that you're, uh, you're busy transforming and redeeming hearts, just hearing from both of these people about your redemption. Um, would, you, would you remind us of that, where, where we've um, almost stalled? Would you remind us of your uh, powerful redeeming plan uh, for those in Christ? Thank you that you are presently at work. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, think about the present and uh, thanksgiving. You know, we, we give thanks in the present because in the present, God is actively being generous and providing. Amen? He just is. Sometimes we overlook God's present provision. Sometimes we need to slow it down and notice it. And this is actually what Jesus did for the people on the Sermon on the Mount. I wonder if you just read with me uh, on the screen there, Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I mean, you imagine Jesus standing on a hillside, don't you? That's what he's doing here. He's standing on a hillside, and he goes, Hey, see that bird over there? It doesn't have a pantry. That's what he's saying, right? That bird does not have a pantry. You know, there is an ongoing provision of God in the present for that bird. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. And what does he go on to next? He, he talks about what you wear. He goes, hey, check that flower out. You can imagine it, right? There's a wildflower or something on the hill. And he goes, see that flower there? Looks better than Solomon did with all his riches. God presently is clothing that flower. Do you see that? All the while in this Sermon on the Mount, what's Jesus doing here is he's saying, come into the present. Stop thinking about the past or the future. Come into the present and notice God's tender care in the present. You know, he's not just talking about anxieties for these people that come from you not getting what your preference is. It's anxiety from the present, sorry, it's anxiety that comes from needing the basics of life. Food, clothing, Facebook and YouTube. <laughs> so we need to notice, don't we, that in the present he is providing. To see his care for the flowers and the birds is great. And then he says, I care for you much more than birds and flowers. In the present, right now. See, one expression of saying thank you in the present is saying grace before you eat, isn't it? It's present provision of God in the present. We stop and notice in grace, we stop and notice that God doesn't owe us anything and that in our meal we have the grace of God, even if it's broccoli or Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Amen? 
Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Every breath that you've taken since you've been sitting here, the breath you're breathing now, the heartbeats that you don't even notice is a gift. The sleep that you got last night is a gift. Even if it was broken and it was short. Sitting in a warm, sheltered building is an expression of God's present care for you. It's something we can give thanks for. It's an expression of his care and his grace. He's doing more, he's loving more, and he's being gracious to you more than what you realise. More than what you notice. Let me ask you this question. If someone murdered your innocent son and you got to stand in the hospital room of the murderer who was on life support and you could turn off the machine, would you turn it off? If you could turn it off and not be in trouble for it and be even applauded for it, would you do it? You see, the natural human heart is like, yeah, they deserve it. My son was innocent. My daughter was innocent. They deserve what's coming to them. But you know what God does? God is the life support machine. He's not just in the hospital room going, I could turn this off on you and that would be the end. He himself is life and breath and everything. And this is God every single day. We killed his son. That's what we did. We killed him and every single day he's providing life and breath and everything in the present. But it even gets better than that, right? It's, it's not just that he lets you live He blesses you in your life if you're his child. Check this out from Matthew 7, starting at verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, hear this, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Isn't this beautiful? This is not a scripture about how God's just going to give you enough life to scrape through. He's saying even evil dads do well for their kids and God is a perfect dad. So you can expect that He's going to do abundantly better than an evil dad, a dad that blows it often. You see, God's sustaining giving us life and blessing us in the presence. It's good for us to notice that and to be thankful for that. So we're going to kick into another song here. And it's another opportunity. I mean, if, you, if you're just overflowing with thankfulness today, there's a box up the back on, on the chairs. It's got more of these cards. So if you're just going, I just want to give thanks for something else, you know, and stick it in the basket, you go for it. All right? But we're going to sing another song and, in a moment, I'll ask you to stand. And if, it, if you've got something, you just go, yeah, in the present. I, man, there's just something I really want to thank God for in the present. Just jot that down on a card. Come out the front, same as we did last time. If you haven't stuck a candle in, that cake's looking awesome, isn't it? Fill with candles there. Stick a candle in and say, man, it's a tribute to God's provision in the present. I mean, there's so much stuff just within the church. We just go, man, God is so good to us in the present. Why don't you stand with me? I'm just going to pray and then let's sing. And if you want to come out and, uh, and express your thanks to the Lord this morning, you'd be welcome to do that. God, we, we, we don't exist without your word holding us together. 
You give the word that all your created stuff doesn't exist anymore and it just stops existing and that includes us. God, you, you support us. You give us life, you give us breath, you give us everything. And then you just go exponentially past that. And you, you start saying things like what we read out of Matthew, you're a good dad. Like say, say talk to him about stuff because you're going to do way better than the best dad on this planet. Ask him for stuff, ask him for help, engage with him. Be part of it, God. Today we just give you thanks for the provision in the present. Amen. Well, we're going to uh, continue uh, by now looking at, you can grab a seat. So we're going to continue by now looking at uh, the future. Uh, just, to, just to mention uh, before we do, we were, I, I did mention we would release the kids, uh, but we really want them to be a part of Thanksgiving as a church. Um, so if, you're, uh, if you've got your kid in a chokehold and they just, they just need something to do, we do have some, um, some coloring and some pencils up the back. So they're welcome to, um, you're welcome to send them up there and, and even just out in the fish tank, out in the foyer. Uh, but we just invite you to uh, keep engaging them with what's going on here and giving thanks as a, as a church community. So uh, join us, kids. Join us in, uh, in celebrating the, the work of Christ. So uh, we're going to look now to the future. Uh, and we we want to hear from, uh, from two people, Gracie and, and Richard, if you guys want to come to the front. Or just Richard, actually, because Gracie's up here. Uh, and, and these guys are going to... Uh, tell us a little bit about what God's doing at, at the present, but also just their, their hopes uh, and, and faith for God's work into the future. So, uh, Richard, why don't you come and kick us off, mate? This will be a very quick three minutes. I'm just a little petrified, it's all good. Before coming to the project, I would laugh and say we are sporadic in how we attend church. I personally was not a fan about attendance. In the past 24 months and to a great extent the last five years, God has ignited my love for him. He has made me take off the blinders to see his hand in my life and made me realize he is my father and cares for me deeply. That Jesus gave his all for me. That through his grace and blood, I am saved. Now, while I'm amazed that this is where I am in this journey, it wouldn't have been possible without the community around the church and the support that I've been thankfully given from community groups to the message to redemption restoration groups to put tools in my life to repair my relationship with God. And I am forever thankful to the project and the leaders for their vision and drive and for putting those tools in my hand to help myself. Now, I know God wants me to do something that was a scary and humorous thought for me some 12 months ago. And I have learnt, never tell God you don't want to do something for Him, because that is exactly what He wants you to do. And for me, He opened up every door that was needed and laid it on a platter in front of me, the thing that I laughed at, and this is to be a community group leader. And in the next week, we start our community group, and I'm looking forward to now to doing His work through the church and hopefully adding depth to people's relationship with God. The future for our family is also tied into the restoration groups with my wife being, who couldn't be here today, my wife being one of the leaders and working together with women to know and understand God better. Can I just say how amazing is it that right now we have two women's groups running at the same time? For my wife, this is exciting as the church begins to equip, this is also exciting for my wife as the church begins to equip other churches with restoration and redemption. Now my role on this is to take to make her not worry, the house will be burnt down by the time she gets home from restoration. <laughs> However, for my family, I look forward to being a... to being... Ugh, I can't even read what I've written. And it's on a phone. 
I look forward to living through Jesus first and being a father to them now and in the future. So for me to sum up, how great is God's work through our church now and in the future? It's looking great. Thank you. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Gracie. Um, well, I guess since um, our firm family moved up to Toowoomba at the end of 2013, we've been um, coming to the project. And um, since then, I have been just loving, growing, and just getting to know more about God, I guess, largely through community groups and youth and that type of stuff. Um, just coming together with different people and um, just in fellowship, learning more about this good God that we serve. And I've just... I don't know, I've just come to understand more deeply, I guess, God's grace and what that means for me um, and how we can all live a life in freedom and it's just, I don't know, it's just set a passion down in my soul that I just want to keep learning and growing and just getting to know God more um, and I guess just understanding how God's grace sets us free and we can just do amazing things then and have a life of true joy and um, just love other people then and um, yeah I just I can't stop giving glory to God for his goodness and his just how good he is um, I guess being part of the worship team is just a good opportunity for me to do that just to give glory to God and thank him for his grace and love and mercy to me and um, yeah I'm just so keen just to keep growing and learning more about God and um, yeah thanks awesome what a, uh, thank you Gracie that, uh, that says a lot about our future right like she's she's one of the, the youth and that's literally our future yeah like doesn't that instill uh, a bit of faith in you yeah absolutely Pete come on and um, we'll uh, go on to the next module You know, uh, you can be thankful for the past, you can be thankful for the present, but Thanksgiving has something to do with uh, the future, right? I mean, you have a birthday, and what's the tradition of a birthday before you blow the candles out? Make a wish. What's that? Well, that's the future, right? This is what I'd like to see happen in the future, and that's, that's a section here, and that, that's uh, what um, Gracie and, um, and Richard have just talked about. It's like, what, what has God done for us in the past, and how does that kind of push us into the future. I wonder what wishes you've made on your birthdays. I wonder what wishes you've made as an adult on your birthday. Did they come true? See, wishes are all about the future. There, there is this connection between giving thanks and the future. Have a look at this scripture with me from uh, Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus now lots of people have used this passage of scripture to deal with anxiety and it's helpful to do that but just think for a minute what's anxiety about anxiety is about the future that's what it's about it's a it's a kind of fear of something adverse or negative happening in the future so how do you combat it? Look at what Paul says here. You combat it with prayer, supplication and thanksgiving. That's, what you, that's how you combat it. In other words, talk to your God, your friend, your father, God your father. Ask him for help. And remember to thank him for what he's done in the past. 
Why? Because what he's done in the past is the evidence of how he's cared for you and looked after you that pushes you into trusting him with what's in the future that you don't know. Do you get that? It's like a, a defense. It's an apologetic there that kind of says, um, he has done all of this for me in the past. This thing that I'm really anxious about in the future, it's going to be sweet because he did that and that and that and that. And you just kind of keep naming it. You see, I remember a, a preacher when I was young saying, we have very poor spiritual memories. Anxiety has a way and fear has a way of just evaporating and leaving you in a place where you just go, I cannot think of God ever doing anything good for me. So in the Old Testament, you see God saying to his people, you know, build a monument, put some stones on top of one another so that when you walk past, you remember the good things that God has done. What are your monuments? What are your habits? What are your traditions, your personal traditions um, that, that help you to remember God's good work? And, and spurs you on into the future. Do you have a little book that you write down answers to prayer? Do you have family traditions? Do you have times of thanksgiving built into your family on a regular basis? So they're times that we remember the good things that God's done. You see, we, Australians do that, right? Wasn't that long ago that we had Anzac Day? What do you do with the Anzacs? Well, you remember them. It's every year there's a day where you just go, we're going to remember what the Anzacs did and we're going to build like war memorials, which are really pathetic compared to the American ones. All right? They're just small and I'm not bagging on them, right? And I think it's great to have a memorial, but if you ever go to Washington, D.C., the Americans do everything big. Does anyone know that? And you go there and people said, people said to me before I went over, you've got to go and see the war memorials. And I'm just going, yeah, well, most of the time in Australia, it's kind of a pole in a in a grassy area. That's, that's kind of what we do over here. But over there, you go to see the war memorial. And massive big things. And please don't hear me for a sec bagging the, uh, the Anzacs. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. But you get over there. And what is it? It's this massive big monument. Like this is what our people did. And this is how they helped us. And this is how they fought for freedom. That's, that's for the non-conspiracy theorists. That's what our war memorials are, Right? You go down to Canberra and those war memorials um, in between the, um, the, the war museum there and, the, and Parliament House, what are they? They're, they're memorials that people go to and you just go, we remember what these people did for us. You know, they're, they're, they're things that are there that just remind us. I wonder what those are for you. What are the reminders for you of the things that God has done? As you think about the project and the future, what's your wish for it? If you could make a wish on... This sixth birthday of the project, what would you wish for? For the next six years, maybe. Or the next 60 years. What would you wish for? Who wants Jesus to do more of what you've heard of today? Who wants that? Absolutely. Like, let's have, let's squared, <laughs> cubed, something. All right? Like, let's not just add one on. One's good. We'll take one. All right? But let's have squared. Let's, let's just exponentially, like, God, would you do stuff through us that's magnificent? And, and in us, it's magnificent. As, as we kind of push to the close of this service today, I, I just want to give you some, uh, some details on some, a couple of very practical matters. One is financial. You might have noticed you haven't taken up the offering yet. All right? Some of you go, way to go, Pete. We're having a really good morning. You know? You're just going to wreck it by talking about money now. Well, it's July, and uh, we just finished the second quarter of the year in terms of the church accounts and got the details through just a couple of days ago. And we've committed to just letting you know we're up to financially um, for each quarter. And you know what? When we're all together, it's a good time to talk about it. But you know what the best reason is for talking about financial things? 
is that finances helped all, everything that you saw this morning happen. And I'm not just talking about the logistics. I'm not talking about the streamers and the balloons. I'm talking about the things that people shared about the work that God's been doing in them. That money helped that to, to happen. You need people being changed cost money. The vision costs money. You know, there's, there's really upfront ways um, that you can see people being changed, but then there's other ways that kind of sit in the back room a bit. I mean, you guys are just, you guys are like top shelf, generous with the compassion trip, you know, but, and I'm not having to go at you at all, but you probably didn't think that much about the back room stuff that was happening that actually helped the compassion thing to, to happen, all right? It actually cost us money to support that trip and to send people out, not just by giving people money to be able to go on the trip, but by actually logistically kind of organising it and supporting it, you know. The big idea here is, uh, is it, just, it just costs money to reach people. It costs money to do that. So I just want to give you a quick update on where we're up to for the year. Here's a brief summary. Let me explain it. We budgeted uh, giving for the year to be 193 grand, about 16 grand a month. Uh, actual giving for... 2017 in the, in the uh, second quarter, actually no, this is for the whole of the first six months, was about 15 and a half, which is actually down a little bit on what giving was in 2016. So given the, uh, the vision that we kind of put out and the elders are supporting um, and, and leading us in, we're about 10 grand in the red for the first six months of this year, okay? Just, just want to let you know, that's not an exact figure. Uh, Liz Palmer finished up in finance and administration um, this week on Thursday, I'll talk about that in a minute, but um, we just don't have hard, tight figures, but that's a rough kind of figure about where we're up to after six months. So basically in the second half of the year, we, we, we need to see an improvement of about 1,700 bucks a month or about 400 bucks a week to, uh, to, to match budget. So what am I asking? All I'm really asking you to do is to value what God's doing at the project, to go away and pray and say to the Lord, Lord, would you have me give some more? And if you just go, no, I just don't feel, feel to give anymore, that's okay. All right? It's a deal between you and God. God's been very generous to us, and that's what we've been responding to today. Uh, but I would love for you to kind of go away and, and just kind of think about that. We don't, in a sense, keep records of people's giving, and we're not kind of going, oh, you don't give enough. It's not, that's not how it is at all, right? The scriptures are very clear that everyone needs to determine in their hearts what God's called them to give and then give generously. All right? We're not into manipulating people. And, and making them feel like they've got to give a certain amount. But we do want you to go before God and just pray about that and be sensitive to what he's asking you to give. And do you know what the future thing is for us? Like you could sit there and go, oh, $10,000 in the red. We're not going broke, right? $10,000 in the red. God's provided in the past massively. So that's kind of like, I've got confidence. I've got confidence it's going to be okay. God's led people in the past to give and we've been okay and we've been able to keep reaching out in the ministries that God, we feel God's called us to. So I want to hand these around, all right? And uh, if you're new with us today, feel free to let it pass. If you've been here a few times and you still consider yourself a bit of a visitor, let that go. But if you're someone who's a regular uh, and you feel to give some money, uh, you go for it. So I just want to uh, pray a, uh, a prayer of blessing on you. I want to read it to you before I pray it because uh, I trust that you just can just get on board with it as I, uh, as I pray it for you. It's Ephesians uh, chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. 
To him be glory in the church, in the project. He's the center of everything. It doesn't matter about us. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So I'm going to pray that over you and uh, we'll be done. You can grab some uh, cake on the way out. Um, and maybe even as I'm praying this, if you feel like you wanted to make a noise or a grunt or a mmm or something or just amen or uh, I don't know. If you could do something, you feel free to do it. All right. Let me pray for you. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to his power that is at work within us people. To him be glory in the project. Amen. Amen. And in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Have a great day.